0: All right, Shmuel, say let's uh... let's begin. Shibose, so. Today's daf is Tesvov. We're picking up for your dial-in base. I, I want to welcome Mr. Schoenfeld on the Datiomi recording, because uh, people who listen on the podcast get worried if you're not here. I, I get emails with Mr. Schoenfeld there today. Ed Miller gets especially, I want to give him a shout out. He gets especially worried. He gets especially worried. I was supposed to say, so let, let's begin. So we have, actually, we're back a little bit today to just some of the basic halachas of Sota. But again, beautiful Gemara. So, we'll say, so we're, we're picking up, we are picking up V'nosna L'asoch kli sharis. So, four lines up from the bottom, you dial it on the base. Remember, again, the Mishnah described the entire process of sota, And now, at this point in time, we're in the base HaMikdash. We're in the base HaMikdash, and we're going ahead and going step by step through this process, specifically through the offering of her karban mincha. So, I'll go, okay, fine. So, the, so the Mishnah said, the So, remember, the Mishnah said, the Kohen takes the kometz, right, which is the three fingerfuls of the flour mixed with the greatest concentration of oil, and he puts it into another klisharis. Right? He puts it into another another temple. Another, remember, klisharis is any utensil that is ultimately sanctified for temple service. So the Gemara says, lameli. Hakitscha So asks the Gemara, why does he have to put the comets into another kli sharis? After all, what the entire mincha has already been sanctified once in a kli Meaning, once you've been essentially, what the Gemara is asking is like this: once, once you've sanctified something in a kli ultimately, again, there is no need to go ahead and re-sanctify it. So, so says the Gemara. So says the Gemara, once you've put the entire minchos, once you put the entire Minchah into the Klisharis, so why the need to go to put the comets? de dahava adam, to which the Gemara says, because it's no different than blood. Afagav Dekadish Shisei Sakin but Tzavar Even though it's is actually very interesting. So from the Gemara's perspective, the knife is a klishares as well. So therefore, again, once you shech the animal, by definition, the animal has already been sanctified with a klishares, the sakin, which of course is very interesting, because we you know that shechitah's ksheira bizar. You do not need a coin to slaughter a sacrificial animal. Even a non coin could do it, but nevertheless... The sakin itself has a din of klisharis, so just like you've already used the klisharis, yet nevertheless Makdish maklisheib klisharis, you still put the blood in the klisharis. So too, over here, there's no distinction. In other words, what the gemara essentially answers is that when it comes to when it comes to sacrificial service, so we only use a klisharis. See, even though I don't need a klisharis to sanctify the kometz, because the kometz has already been sanctified when in the original klisharis which the entire mincha was put into. But again. You know what we'll call it the uh, temple SOP, right? So so based on their standard operating procedures is we go ahead and we always use a a sanctified utensil. levona, so remember again when you took the kamitsa, you pushed the levona to the side took the Kamitsa, put it into another Klisharis, and then you take the lavona from the first Klisharis and put it on top of the kamitsa how do we know this? V'es, kal ha she'ala mincha. Okay, because the Apostle says it, because you'll take all of the lavona and you'll put it on the Karam Mincha. Umaktiro be you go ahead and now you take that Kometz which is inside the Klisharis and I both say what it sounds like is you take the Klisharis and you literally offer the Mincha on the Klisharis on top of the Mizbeach right? Isn't that what it is So it sounds like I'm literally taking the Klisharis and putting it on top of the fire so the Gemara hmm. says are you actually going ahead and offering this Mincha inside the Klisharis on top of the fire rather what the Mishnah means no is you bring up the kmitza in the Klisharis to the Mizbeach, and you empty you empty the Kemitah onto the Mizbeach itself, but you don't place the Klisharis on the fire itself. but before again you pour out the Kemitah from the Klisharis, remember, you add salt, you add salt to the Kemitah, and then you go and you place it on the fire, because the Pasuk says, because the Pasuk says, Every carbon mincha, and remember, it's not just every carbon. It's every carbon ultimately has to be salted. So remember again, the halacha is that once a person offers up the kometz, the remaining, the remaining part of the mincha can be consumed. Right. So remember again, once the kometz is offered up, that's the only part that's offered on the mizbeach. Everything else is consumed by the kohana. How do we know this? as karasa. Because on one hand the pasuk says that the coin will offer up as karasa means the kometz means the sacrificial part uksiv and the pasuk says Bahano min minha mincha liaron aron But in yet the following pasuk says the remaining part of the mincha will ultimately be offered up to Aaron sons. Karavak osobasa is so interesting. What the gemara is noting is the juxtaposition. Only after the hiktir, only after the comets is offered up. Only then can Aaron and his sons have the rest of the mincha. And I was saying, this is very interesting. So, Karab comets. So now, interestingly enough, what is the definition of the Komets being offered up? What the Gemara is really asking is, so how much of the Komets has to burn in order for the Komets to go ahead and be considered to be offered. Now I will say that question has two ramifications. Number one, at what point is the Avodah considered to be done? And also for our purposes, at what point in time can the Kohanim eat the rest of the Mincha? Because remember, we've established they can only eat the rest of the Mincha after the comments has been offered. At what point is a quote-unquote called offered? To which the Yimar says, la isle. La isle, This one holds this way, and this one holds this way. The Yitmar, HaKomet, Matir, Shirayim so at what point in time that literally means at what point in time does the offering of the kometz permit the consumption by the kohanim of the rest of the mincha, which is another way of saying at what point in time is the kometz considered to be offered and allow the kohanim to eat the remainder of the mincha? Rabbi Chanina Amar Mishatishlot Bahaar. So Rabbi Hanina says as soon as the minch as soon as the kometz catches fire. Soon as it catches fire, meaning even though the comets is not yet consumed, as bless you, as soon as it catches fire, bless you, it's considered to be offered. Rabbi Amar, Birubo. On the other hand, Rabbi Yochanan says, no, the fire has to take hold on the majority of the comets, meaning the majority of the comets has to be burnt in order for it to be considered offered, and in order ultimately, again, for... For the Kohanim to eat the rest of the Mincha. So i you should know that Paskins like Rabbi Yochanan. Namely, that the komet is only considered to be offered when the fire goes ahead and impacts the majority of the mincha, causing it to be burnt, only then can the kohanim eat the rest of the mincha. So remember, the Mishnah said, so we'll say, see now, remember, this really, if, if you think about it, this, this really is fascinating because what this is, you know, you could close your eyes and you could see this. You, you were literally being walked through the avod. The, in the base of Mikdash, which for, uh, for us non-Kohanim, who are exceptionally jealous, for us non-Kohanim, remember again, this is pretty much as close as we're going to get to this, so to, to see this description in such vivid detail is amazing, so remember at this point in time now, the comets has been burnt on the Mizbeach, which means now that the, that the Kohanim, the Kohanim can now go ahead and eat the rest of the Mincha, so the Mishnah said, that the Kohanim are permitted to add whatever additives, whatever ingredients they want. Meaning, they don't just have to eat straight flour and oil. They can go ahead and add whatever they want, with one caveat, which is that it can't become chametz. So says the Gemara. Roshon Kohanim b'Tein so they can put in wine or oil or honey. Because the Pasik says, bless the mashcha, what meaning when talking about the Kohanim's ability to go and eat the rest of the mincha What does the mean? Ligidula, kedar in ochlen. So the mashcha translates ultimately again, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says it's by the Pasik, i be Siv. L'cha nesatim l'mashcha So, we'll say, so that, that wording in the Gemara That stands to me L'g'dula Mashcha literally means like anointing It means that you are permitted to consume this In a bakavadic way In the way that malachim the way that, that royalty eats So the same way that royalty is going to eat something Only after adding whatever additives So too, again and when you eat the remainder of the Mincha, you can eat it however you want. The only one caveat, the only one restriction is, you can't allow the Mincha to become Chometz. Because the Pesach says, excuse me, you may not allow it to become Chometz. Fine, afilu chelkam, lo se'afei chameitz so says what it means is (laughs) afilu chelkam meaning what it's saying is why does it have to say you could just say (laughs) lo se'afei chameitz why does that have to say lo se'afei chameitz chelkam to teach me not only can the chomets not become chomets but excuse me not the chomets the comets. not only can the comets not become chomets right the three finger falls that's offered up on the zech. but what? (laughs) afilu chelkam even their portion even their portion cannot become chomets so Kala minachos. so remember again, the Mishnah said that all Menachos need Shemen and Levona. All Menachos need oil and Levona. So says the Gemara, is that true? The Kalah to tuno and Levona? Is that true that every single mincha requires Shemen and Levona? Aye, but there is the case of Menchas Chote. Both saying, now what's the case of Menchas Chote? If you take a look at Rashi for just a moment, Rashi says Menchas Chote. Haba achet Ushvu So to listen to this, if a person goes ahead and comes into the base, of mikdash Tame, right? This is a situation where they didn't realize it or a person eats consecrated items in a state of Toma, or they swear falsely there's something called minchas chote is a minchas chote, kh- a mincha that's brought so the Gemara says, lo yasim So the Mishnah made it sound like what every single mincha you bring, you put on it shemen and levona. It's not true. There is this case of Mincha Chotei where water you don't put shemen, you don't put levona on it. To which the Gemara says, "So it's a, it's a kasha, right? It's a question." So, this one means to say, So, what's to listen to this? In reality, all minachos require. Oil and lavona. Uba'os minachitin, Uba'os solas And normally all mincha All minachos come from, from wheat And solas Solas means they're from fine flour However Mincha's chote Afapi she'en atu'na shaman or levona So essentially what the is saying is like this Every single mincha requires shaman and lavona. Except for the ones that don't, right? So so, right? so, so in other words, every single meaning you can make a principle. Also, just because there's an exception to the rule doesn't mean the rule is not true. So the rule is that menachos require shaman and levona. There's an exception to that rule. Now let me say it differently. The rule is that menachos require three things. Number one, shemin and levona, and we'll count those as one. shemin and levona. Number two, chitin wheat. Number three, soles, fine flour. However, now says the Gemara, that's the rule, but there are exceptions to the rule. What exception number one is Minjasxote, afa,una,vona, even though it doesn't require Shemana Lavona, Ba So even though it does not, it does not require criteria number one. I mean, it doesn't require Shemana Lavona, but it still comes from grain. Excuse me, from wheat, right? and it, still has, to come, it still has to be fine flour. Now there's another exception. What's the other exception? omer, So we'll say, So remember the omer. So even though the omer doesn't come from wheat, it comes from barley. Never, so it doesn't. It doesn't conform to one criteria, but it does conform to the other. To una shemen Lavona, it still requires shaman and lelevona. Uba garash, and it has to be fine flour. Vizu ena tuuna. However, again, the other exception is sota. Vizu ena tuuna. Lo so shaman velo levona. Uba minas orin. Uba kemach. Shabbos say again. Interestingly enough, the one mincha that does, seems that to not conform to any of the rules is the minchas sota, Because the minchas sota comes from barley, doesn't require shemin and levona, and is not fine flour, rather is coarse meal. So, say, so this is just interesting, just out sacrificial law. So again, the general klal by a carbon mincha. So if somebody stops you and asks you, by the way, do you happen to know the criteria for carbon mincha? You could say, funny, you should ask. It has to be, again, shemin and levona, we'll count it as one. Number two, Hieten. Number three, solas. The exceptions to those rules: minchas chote, which conforms to everything except the fact that there's no Shemin and levona. Minchas omer, which conforms to all of them except that it's seorim. And minchas Sote. Now, minchas Sote is the greatest outlier because minchas sota does not conform to any of these of the of the stipulations or to any part of the framework of normative carbon mincha. So Tanyo, omer Shemin, bedinhu shete minchas. Listen, this is very interesting. Bedinhu shetehei minchas chote to Shemin and Lavona, so i we'll say here's what's fascinating. In reality, mm-hmm. says reality, says Shimon, in reality, a mincha should require Shemin and Levona. Should ultimately require the oil and the Lavona. Why? Shaloyehei chote niskar. So i we'll so you have to understand something. If you don't have to bring oil and Levona on your karma guess what? That's a savings. That's Shimon says in reality, we have a concept in halacha of Shaloyehei chote niskar. That a sinner should never profit. Remember again, we saw this in k'suva. In k'suvas, remember again, the haloha is that if a woman is not a basula, if a woman is not a virgin at the time she gets married, so the haloha is the k'suva is only one hundred zuz, only, only one hundred. She's one hundred money. So interestingly enough, there's an exception to that rule. The exception to that rule: beulas atzmo. If the reason that she's not a basula is because she lived with the chassan, so he has to pay a full k'suva. Right? Why? Shiloh Niskar, because every guy's gonna have a great khab. Right? right? Again, there's an easy way to go ahead and diminish the amount of the by living with his kala before the wedding. So Chazan said, no, no, no. If you are the reason she's not a the Besulah, then you are on the hook for the entire kisuva amount. Why? chote So same idea here. says, why are we letting why are we letting the khote, why are we letting the sinner get off easily with, with a karamin that doesn't require shaman and lavona. He should have to. We have made ma'am. To Una, so why is it that we say that he doesn't have to bring Sheman and Lavona Because Because say again, we don't want his carbon to be beautiful. That's the issue over here. The issue here is that again Shemin and Lavona beautifies the carbon and because his actions were inappropriate, we do not want we do not want his carbon to be beautiful. So the Gemara says, I'm sorry, but listen to this. But the of a So remember again, this is talking about at the end of the tsara'as process. So the mitzvah ultimately brings a chattos, and his asham offering to unin nisachim. So we must remember again. Nisachim, Rashi points out over here. Soles lemincha v'sar on the kavus yaim v'shem and Ravi Isaihin ki Moshe makriven la'olos shom. So we'll say nisachim over here. In this context, refers to certain wine libations as well as meal offerings. So the chatos of a mitzora, the chatos of a mitzora requires nisachim. Why l'fi she'in ba'in alchet. Ha'zoboth say, even though, again, the Mitzorah is bringing a chatos, the Gemara assumes that that chatos is not associated with sin. Therefore, again, it has to go ahead and be accompanied by wine libations. So Mar hmm. says, Is that true that the chatos of the Mitzorah doesn't come because of sin? A person gets saras for seven different reasons. And I both say, again, among those seven reasons, I have to say, the common denominator of the seven reasons is that it's associated with hate. We always associate saras ultimately, again with sin. So how can you say that the chathos that the Metzorah brings at the end of the Sara's process is not about sin? Hasam, Sule so says, no, no, no. Hasam So we'll say the reality is, saraas itself atones for the sin. Right? Whatever, whatever, the, whatever the guy did that brought about saraas, the affliction of saraas purges the sin. That, that's what atones for the sin. Why does he bring the carbon? Kimaisi carbon will say when he when the Mitsoda brings the carbon at the end of the duration of his saras that is not for kapara. That is not for atonement. What is that for? That's ultimately to allow him to once again eat sacrificial items. That's because he's Tomei. So we call it a Chatas, but in reality, that carbon is not being brought for the sin that brought on the saras That carbon is being brought in order to retire him, to partake of sacrificial items. Look at Rashi for just a moment. It's almost right across in Rashi. tumos kapara Zav, v'zava v'yolades, mutsara v'nazir shenitma, that I will say, ultimately, again, there are karbaros that require, there there are karbaros that are required in order to lift the state of ritual impurity, to allow a person to re-engage with sacrificial items, Elami khatas But if that's the case, the khatas of a nazir should also require Nisahim, these wine libations, because again that khatas also is not coming as a result of chait. So yet we know that it doesn't require an to which the Gemara says, the, so the, this, this time reflects the view of Rabbi Nazir HaKoffer who holds that, that's what i we'll say, a little bit of a, a shout out to Nazir here who says that Nazir, a Nazir ultimately is a chote, he's a sinner because he abstained from that which was permitted and therefore his khatas really is a khatas. So mostly we'll what comes out from this is a number of different things. So first of all, we learn an important halacha by Menachos, that again, the three basic criteria for Menachos are shemen and Levona, gitin souls shaman lavona gitin souls the exceptions to those rules are min khas khote carbon omer and the Minchasotah. sota minchasota being the most dramatic exception because it doesn't conform to any of the rules, ultimately, again, of, of the Minachos. Under normal circumstances, we would say that even a chatos should have Shemin and Levona. But clearly, the Torah felt that Shelo Yehei The idea over here is that Shemin and Levona beautifies the carbon. If somebody's bringing a carbon as a result of sin, we dafka don't want that carbon to look beautiful. Therefore, even though it turns out that technically speaking, the sinner is benefiting financially because he's saving on the Shem, on Levona, but we don't want to beautify that carbon that's coming as a result of sin. Omer, so once So I remember again, Rebbe Shem Gamaliel said, in the Mishnah, he said the same way, Keshem, I'll just quote to you. He said, ma'asa, ma'asa behima, kach behimah. The same way that our actions, are the actions of an animal that hurt immorality? So, to her carbon ultimately is brought from animal food from barley. So, Tanya Amr Rabbi Gamliel Chachamim Sofrim. Rabbi Gamliel had a following conversation with with the with his with his rabbinic colleague. Sofrim. Sofrim means scribes, but it means. Give give me a moment and I will dash in this up like Kimin Khomer means like a beautiful jewel. I Meaning I want to tell you something that is beautiful. What's the beautiful part? The remarried the Kamar he ma'adane olam karbono behema. So Rabbi Gamliel says, I'll tell you why she brings her offering. I'll tell you why she brings her offering from Barley, because she gave to him to eat Ma'adane Olam the greatest delicacies of the world, meaning the assumption is that she, the woman, enticed her adulterer, she made from a nice meal, she enticed him with beautiful delicacies, therefore, <coughs> therefore, her karbon ultimately, again, is the antithesis of that with which she went ahead and engaged her adulterer, and therefore, again, her karbon is animal food. The rabbi said back to, the rabbi said back to Rabbi Gamliel, that's fine if the woman we're talking about is wealthy, meaning that she has money to go ahead and provide this man with all these delicacies. But that logic won't exactly apply to a woman who is who is poor, to which the Gemara says, Rather, what it means is like this, So Megamil revised his understanding, and he said, the same way that her actions were animal-like. Therefore, again, and that's what will say, the idea over here is, If you look at Rashi, Rashi says, Just like in the animal kingdom, again, you have many species of animals that are not particular whom they mate with. So, so too, again, she engaged in animalistic behaviors in that she's now engaged in intimacy with a man who is not her husband. Therefore, Therefore, again, ultimately, her carbon is also made up of animal food, i.e., barley. Says the Mishnah, So we'll say they would bring pili. Amen. So pili, pili, literally is like a small, a small receptacle, or a small vial. So, if a person went, at, so they brought a small vial, a small receptacle made of earthenware. So, also remember, at this point in time, she she has not admitted that she's committed adultery. Survived, so she has committed, committed, commit, um, committed adultery, so we're going forward with the process. So, now they go ahead and they bring a small earthenware vessel and they put into it. A half a log of Mayim. Rashi just points out Hayamevi is a kohen. It's the coin ultimately who is doing the Savodah. So what happens? He puts a, a half a log of water into it, mina from the Kior. Now Rashi says over here, Kior Dixiv de- Mayim Kedoshim Veim Kedoshim Kanshu So we'll say, we're going to discuss this more in the Gemara. But the reason he takes from the Kior, so the Kior, remember, was the large basin. The large basin that the Kohanim would go ahead and wash their hands and feet from. In, when they came to work, when they came to make some in the morning. So, also the Gemara says, the Mishnah saying over here that the water for Sota, Dafka had to come from the key or Dafka had to come from that large basin. Why? Because the pasik the Gimara says, and we'll discuss, the Mishnah says, we'll discuss this more in the Gimara, the pasik makes reference to sanctified waters for use in the sota process. Now, the only way waters become sanctified is how? If they are put into a klishar, if they're put into a service utensil. So the basin, the Kiyar, is considered to be a service utensil, and therefore it's Maktish that sanctifies the waters. So says the Gimara, so now he brings the small earthenware vessel, fills it up with a half a log of mine from the Kiyar. Rabbi Hu Rabbi Rabbi Huda says, no, 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 we don't use a Chatzilog, rather we use a (coughs) revius Why? Because in the same way that we write the minimum possible... We use the minimum amount of water possible. And I will say this will make more sense later on. There's a machlokis later on in the Gemara about how much of parsha sota you write on the piece of parchment that is going to be dissolved. We're going to say, who is of the opinion that you write as little as possible. So just like he requires less print, he also requires less water. So said, See now we have the water we, in the, in the earthenware earth vessel. Earth earth. So I will say it's really interesting. So, he, so now this is the coin. Kohen walks into the Heichel, walks into the Beis HaMikdash, Upana liyamino, he turns to the right. Umakum hayasham. there was a place there on the floor. Ama al-ama, there was an ama by ama square on the floor. The tabla shel shayish, and shel and there was a, remember, the Beis HaMikdash floor was all marble. It was all marble. So there was one square, an ama by ama of marble. The haisa kavu'aba. And there was a ring. There was a ring on that square of marble. And what happens? You can lift up that square. You can lift up that ama by ama floor floor square. And what happens? So I we'll say, if you lifted up that ama by ama square of marble, what would you find there? There'd be dirt. So you would take some of the dirt. Excuse me. You take some of the dirt underneath that slab of marble. <laughs> Kadeshira And you take that dirt and you mix it in with the water. How much dirt do you have to put in the water? Enough that the dirt itself is visible. Rashi says over here, Kadeshira, Tsarach Litin The dirt itself must be visible and apparent on the water. emar, because the Pasuk says, offer asher mishkan, Because the Pasuk says quite explicitly from the earth. From the dirt that is on the earth, that is in the ground of the Mishkan, the Kohen shall take and shall put it in the water, says the Gimara. So, well, so see, now we're going to go through this Mishnah. So Tana, so let's first speak about the earthenware vessel. So Tana, Pili Shel Cheres chadash. Shadiv Rebbe so, well, so, says that you have to use a brand new earthenware vessel. Right, you can't use a you can't use a used earthenware vessel. It has to be brand new, brand new for each sota. So my time, Rabbi Shmuel, what's Rabbi Shmuel's logic? Gummer kli kli mimitsora He learns that xir shava of kli kli utensil utensil from mitzora from the person's trick ass What does this mean? Just like by the mitzora. Well, I so where are we using a cheres kli, 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 by mitzora? So take a look at Rashi. Rashi says the gumar the shachat haachas al Remember again, this is talking about when you shecht the bird. When you shecht the bird, you shall place the blood into a kli cheres. So the gemara says like this: just like by the kli cheres by mitzora it has to be a brand new earthenware utensil afkan cheres So i say so again. Here's what we're doing: We're saying just like by mitzora, it has to be a brand new earthenware vessel, and essentially you're making zir of kli kli. It says. Kli by Mitzvah, it says Kli by Sota, just like Kli by Mitzvah means brand new earthenware vessel, so to what? So to Kli by Sota also means brand new earthenware vessel, says the Gemara, but One second, Vahasaminalon. Now, you just said that it has to be a brand new earthenware vessel by Mitzvah, but what? Where do you know that from? Right? How do you establish that? Vahasaminalon, the civ, Ha'achas el kli al-mayim chaim, because the passage says, remember, i said by the Mitzvah, there are two birds, one that you shecht, one that you dip into the blood and then you let free, you set them let free. So the passage says, you shall slaughter the one bird, el kli cheres, into the earthenware utensil, al ma'im chayim. <coughs> Literally, you know, i said, al not, not the Hamish brand, I'm not telling you, right? <laughs> uh, but, but, but again, mayim chaim over here means spring water. Spring water. So says the Gemara. So ma mayim chayim shelo ne'asta So we we'll say. Remember, maim chayim has a connotation of water that was never used for anything else. Af kli shelo ne'asta bahen So to again, we'll say the kli the kli cheres. Also, could never have anything done. It has to be brand new. So what the Gemara is essentially saying is like this: that the Torah is linking the items mentioned in the psukim. So Torah mentions again the ma'im chaim and mentions the kli Just like the ma'im chaim has to be "quote unquote" new, meaning you can't take waters that were used for other things and use it for this process. So just like the waters have to be new, so to what the kli the earthenware utensil, also has to be new. To which and therefore I'll say, if we just pause here for just a moment, therefore, oh, so now I see that kli by the means a new kli and then the Xerushava of what? Of Kli Kli from Mitzora to Sota teaches me that just like the Kli by Mitzora is a new Kli so too the Kli by Sota also has to be a new Kli Kheres. second says the Gemara. But I will say, so that's the case, that Shemikah and shava between Mitzora and between Sota, so why don't you say, just in the same way that by mitzora you need <laughs> ma'im chaim, you need spring water. So why don't you say what? Why don't you say by? Why don't you say that by sota you also require spring water? but Yet that's not what the Mishnah said. Where do I? Where am I getting the water for the sota process from? <laughs> Kiyor to which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says Rabbi according to Rabbi Shemal, is, you're right, you are satisfying that criteria. Dam Rabbi Yochanan, may Kiyor Rabbi Ishmal Omer may ma'ayon hain. So I must say, interestingly enough, Rabbi Ishmal holds that essentially the waters of the Kiar have the status of ma'ayim chaim, Have the status ultimately again of water that emanates from a spring. So says, therefore, again, we would be satisfying that criteria as well. To which, the The HaLemaisa understand, On the other hand, that Lemaisa, again, it doesn't have to be spring water, rather, again, it could go ahead and be from other water. So what says, so again, what we're holding right now is, it appears that Lamaisa we have made a satisfactory Gezer Shava. So Gezer Shava of Kli Kli, from Mitzorah to Sota, just like by mitzora I require a brand new earthenware utensil as we've established, because again, the Kli is linked to Mayim Chaim, so to, again, by sota, I require a brand new earthenware utensil. But says the But I could, I could make a question. I could, I could pose uh, a pircha on that kav, on that on that shava. I could pose a question to the xerushava. Mal So what is it? So it says? So essentially, the gemara says, "I don't understand how you're linking these two processes. They're dramatically different. The mitsora requires, remember, a piece of cedar wood, hyssop, and red wool. In other words, that." Uh, you are comparing apples and oranges the process the process of purification for the mitzora requires all of these other pieces to which the gemara says amarab amarkra the posorabah says the Pasuk says to which the Gemara says, Rabbah says, I'll tell you how we know that it has to be a Klicheres, because it says literally, which means a utensil that I've already told you. We'll say, what does that mean? So what the Gemara is suggesting is something very interesting. The Gemara is suggesting that when the Pasuk over here speaks about Klicheres, well, actually, look at Rashi. It's actually right across in Rashi. Omer Rabbah, Haki le so this is how we are to understand Rabbah's statement. V'nasan bo ma'im from the fact that the pasuk does not say and you shall take a klicheres and you shall put water into it uksiv bikklicheres you both say it doesn't say that you shall take a klicheres but rather it says bikklicheres in a klicheres so the gemara understands from that shekvar husku klize b'makom acher va'amrachmanahocha sheba osa klishamarti l'chab makom acher kach osam uman nihu mitzora so that's an amazing diok so the pasuk by sota says that you shall place the water. Bikli charis. Bikli the Gemara understands, means in the kli that we already spoke about. What's the kli that we already spoke about? The kli that was spoken about by where? By mitzora. And to teach me again, just like the, the kli by mitzora ultimately is a nuclei, so to the kli by Sota also has to be a nuclei. Amrav, lo so both say, so therefore again, so therefore it appears that the Gemara has satisfied, Now again, remember, this is only one sad. This is Rabbi Shema. Believe according to Rabbi we've established that not only do you have to use a new kliheres, but again, it has to be a brand new kliheres. To which the Gemara says, lo shanu So Rava says this is only true when the kli itself has not become blackened. As well, as so. What's happening over here? So remember, look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, "Lo shanu de biyashan." So both say so. Says Rava. Even those who say that you could use an old kli kharas, they only say that when they only say that. They only say that when the kli itself is not blackened. However, honest, ach, mupanov, But if the kli itself is blackened, then psulin. Then ultimately, again, the kli is possible to be used for sota purposes. My what's the reason? Dumya de because it is comparable to the water. Just like water can only be used if its appearance hasn't changed, Af Kli, So too, again, the utensil ultimately could only be used when? If it has not changed. So we'll say, even those who don't require you to have a brand new Kli at the end of the day will only let you use the Kli Cheres if the, if, if the appearance of the Kli is normal. But if it's become blackened because of use, you may not use it. So, Rava, asked the following, Kasha, Nis achmu Shana, Mahu What happens if you have the following situation? Let's say you have a Kli that became blackened through use, but then you put it back, I think, what do you call it, into the kiln? I think that's what it's called, right? Into the, into the fire, to, well, I'm sorry? Yeah, kiln, kiln. Aren't you an accountant, Mr. Schoenfeld? Aren't you an accountant? <laughs> right, Okay, right the kiln. Powder, right, I understand. <laughs> so, right, so so what happens? So if you put it back into the kiln, right, and then what happens? You literally, the sunab, means it becomes whitened. The idea over here is you remove the blackness from it. So what's that ta'alaqa? Plus it's an interesting shayla. So let's say now I have, I have an earthworm utensil that became blackened. So in this state right now, it cannot be used. But now I put it back into the oven, I put it back into the kiln, and I take away the blackness. It looks like new so, can I use it now? Can I use it now for? Can I use it now for Sota or not? The fundamental Shaila is do we say. That once, once it's set aside for non-use, it cannot be used no matter what you do for it. Or do we say no? The reason it was unusable is because it was blackened. But if you remedy that situation, then you can use it again. So Tashma, Rabbi Lazar, Omer, Eitz, Erez, Ve'ezo, Vushni, Shehiv, and Kupas, But is an interesting case. So remember, this is going back to the Mitsura. Let's say you take the piece of cedar wood, or the hyssop, or the red thread and you use it to tie your bundle, and you use it to, to, to literally, as like a rope, to put your bundle over your shoulder, okay? So what's the halacha? What's the halacha? So the Gemara says, so psulin. So ultimately these items can no, no longer be used for the purification of the Mitzvah process. Ay v'ha'asam hadri u'mifshiti But in a case like that, Rabbi says once you untie them from the bundle, the assumption is what? they'll spring back into their original form, so why is it problematic to use it? So I'll say. So what, what would you see from here? The fact that their puzzle seems to indicate that what? That once you've set aside something for non-use, even if you're able to restore its original state in which it would be usable, the item still remains unusable. To which the umarist says, no, 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 that's not a good raya. That's different, because in that case, what happens? Literally, the items change. It literally means it became peeled. The idea over there is, the idea over there is that Lamisa again the the either the hyssop or the cedar peeled and therefore because it changed state, therefore it cannot be used. So, remember again now, so first of all, first of all in this in this situation, so again, the way we the way the by Hilchos Sota is that by a sota we use a nuclearis. So he passed like Rabbi Yishmo that again it has to go ahead and it has to go ahead and be a brand new Klicheres. So the Gemara goes right <speaking in Hebrew> Remember again, the next part of the Mishnah said, the coin enters into the heichol. And what happens? He goes to the right. So which the Gemara says, my time. why does he turn to the right? The amar mar kal pinos Sha'ata pona lo yu yamin. Right, anytime you make a turn in life, your turns should always be to the right. So we'll say, this is not a hashkafic statement, right? This is a halachic statement. The, the idea is, of we understand the right always has a chashivas, always has an importance. So just again, when situating himself, so the coin turns to the right, he positions himself in a way that he has to turn to the right to get to this panel. hayasham. Remember again, so the Mishnah said that he gets to this He gets to this um, marble square in the floor of the Beis HaMikdash that has, that has the tabas, the ring onto it, and he lifts it up and takes from the dirt underneath the marble square, to which the Gemara says, Remember the is he takes from the dirt that's on the ground. So I might have thought that he could even bring this dirt from outside the base of Mikdosh and bring it into the base of Mikdosh. Therefore, the is that the dirt has to come from the floor of the Mishkan. So I might have thought that if it has come from the dirt of the Mishkan, maybe even if he has to dig down, he should have to dig down. Kardumo Muslim, means like with shovels and axes. Talmud lo says says It takes it from the dirt that is there. That is there, means what? That it's present and ready to be used without any real work. Haqit, so how exactly do you reconcile these two besukim? Yesham, havein. So say, if there's dirt, if there's dirt in the floor of the Mishkan, or floor of the Beis so you take it from there. Ein sham, if there's no dirt readily available, so let's say there's no usable dirt without digging down, then in that case So sham. In that case, we'll say what can you do? You bring dirt from the outside, but what? You place it on the floor of the Beis HaMikdash or of the Mishkan and then you scoop it up from there. So interestingly enough, is the Dirt must come from the floor of the Beis HaMikdash, but you don't have to exert yourself to find that dirt. So again, you could actually, bring, if there's no available dirt on the floor of the Beis HaMikdash or on the Mishkan, you could bring dirt from the outside Sign, but it has to be placed on the floor of the Beis Hamikdash, and then once again taken from that floor. Say, again, remember, this is just zera Sakasov. This is just based on the pasuk. So the Gemara just says, "Yesham, price insham, idach." Another Brisa says, "Umina um offera sheye Milamit shahaya mitaking." So, so you know, actually, we have less to Tanya idach. Another bracha says, "I'm going to offer sheriya from the offer." Actually, no, boss. We'll say we'll stop over here. Well will merit We'll want to stop at Tanya idach. We'll pick up with the further discussion about the dirt from the floor of the base hamikdash tomorrow.